I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today I'm chatting with Taylor from Ananda Birthwork. She actually is a doula. She became a doula after her first baby. I feel like I talk to so many people who get started in birth work after having a wonderful birth and that's really the same thing that happened to Taylor. So it's always interesting to hear that but it's it's so common. We just get this high and we're like what else can we do with this? Um, but yeah it was a great episode. Um, she ultimately wanted a home birth, started planning for that, but then ended up delivering in a birth center. Um, you'll have to listen to hear like how that came about. She had, you know, a wonderful and empowering experience with her first birth. And it was, yeah, it was just a beautiful story. She does mention miscarriage. So if you are not interested in listening to that part of her story, you can start the episode at about the 10 minute mark and yeah, you'll be good. So yeah, it's a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy and don't forget to follow Birth Naturally on Instagram at Birth Naturally and please give us a five star rating and review. That would be very much appreciated. And lastly, don't forget, you can now subscribe for extra episodes. Just go to the link in my show notes and you can sign up there. All right. Thanks, guys. Welcome, Taylor. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So why don't you start by telling me a little about you and your family? Awesome. Well, so my name is Taylor. I am currently in Miami, Florida with my family. So I married my college sweetheart. We went to the University of Florida and met on a blind date there. Um, and we currently have one baby girl and I'm currently expecting my next baby due in March. So oh, wow. That, Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. And we have five fur babies. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have two dogs and three cats. So we're big animal lovers. Our goal one day is to own an animal sanctuary. Um, And I'm actually a birth doula here in Miami. So I'm super passionate about educating and empowering families in the physiological birth process. And I really advocate for birth center and home births for, you know, um, families who might not have realized that that's a great option for them. 
Mm-hmm. Are the majority of your clients, do they have home births and birth center births or is it kind of a mix? Yeah, no, the majority of my clients are home birth and birth center births. We have a really mm-hmm. great birth center nearby and a lot of wonderful home birth midwives. So a lot of times when I have that open conversation about them, about the realities of the hospital birth, um, they like, okay, yeah, I want to make that switch because I know my body can do this and I feel confident in, in the physiological process and like having it be undisturbed. Yeah, I'm sure that it's it's much easier for women to make that decision when they have a doula who's kind of being like, no, you can do this because it is a hard decision to make on your own. You can only rely on your midwife so much, you know? Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times families don't realize what goes on in a hospital. And so it takes somebody who's like, well, I've been there and I've, I've witnessed the cascade of interventions and I've, I've read the research and I know, you know, the truths behind the hospital. That's, that's not where we're meant to give birth. We're meant to give birth at home, um, surrounded by our family members in like a community, basically mm-hmm. uh, not in this over sterilized system that doesn't trust the woman's body. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So when did you guys decide that you wanted to start your family and how was your journey to getting pregnant? So we actually got pregnant on our honeymoon in 2019. (laughs) Um, But we unfortunately, we lost that baby at around 11 weeks. Um, And then we got pregnant again a year later, almost to the exact date that we got pregnant with our first baby. Um, so we were very excited. It, um, was definitely a challenge during that first trimester. Um, just with the anxieties of like my first miscarriage, I was always, every time I would go pee, I would wipe and look for blood, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was always kind of like a triggering point and something that somebody told me that really kind of grounded me and helped me get through that was my baby is safe and healthy until I am told otherwise. And so that really helped helped me get through that first trimester with my current rainbow baby. Um, And yeah, so we just kind of let God plan our family. We didn't put a lot of like um, a lot of thought behind it other than, you know, we're ready whenever our baby is ready. Mm -hmm. That is, that is such a a tough time though, because I, I totally understand like those feelings of getting, trying to get through the first trimester and just thinking like, is this going to stick? You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a time when you want to be so excited, but that anxiety is just, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. And I think a lot of times miscarriage isn't spoken about a lot in our society. And so for me, it wasn't even something that was on my radar that could happen. Mm -hmm. And so when it did happen, it was just a huge kick in the face. Like this is the reality of, of life, you know, Mm -hmm. like death can happen at any point. And it was definitely a long grieving process for me. Um, So I, my heart always goes out to moms that have miscarriages because it's not easy at all. And it takes, and yeah. And so many women go through this and like Mm -hmm. sometimes multiple times that I just, yeah, my heart also goes out to those women because it is not, it's not something fun and you don't, I don't wish that on anyone. Mm -hmm. So once you got through that first trimester and you were feeling a little bit more confident, how was, how did your pregnancy go? 
So first trimester, actually like circling back to first trimester, I was so sick. I had so much nausea and vomiting, like every single night I was sick. And then once I hit that 12 week mark, thank God I stopped puking everywhere. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> and I felt so much better. So second trimester was amazing. I had tons of energy. I felt really, really great. Um, and then, you know, heading into third trimester, I got a little bit more tired, but I still felt great. Like I was still walking several miles a day, still exercising. Um, and in the third trimester is when I hired my doula. Um, and that's when I really dove into like the educational piece behind um, labor and delivery and um, spinning babies. So like positions to put my body in to help my baby get into optimal alignment. Um, and so, yeah, the second and third trimester were kind of a breeze. It was really that first trimester that was a little bit more tough. Mm -hmm. So when did you become a doula? Was it after you had your first baby? Yeah. So my birth okay. is really what kind of skyrocketed me into mm -hmm. becoming a doula and diving into birth work. I feel like that's very typical. Like you go, you have of all the people I have met in the birth world. Um, it's always after they have this like amazing birth or like, I just want to do this like over and over again with other women. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, mm -hmm. You recognize how powerful it is and you want to be there for other women to support them through that transformation. Yeah, definitely. So how, what was the reaction you got from loved ones? Like when you, you know, did they know how passionate you were about natural birth? Yeah, so I was super passionate about natural birth from even my first baby. I knew I wanted to go the natural physiological route. Um, and I had originally wanted to do a home birth. So I had met the midwife, I had set it up, I had paid my deposit, everything. And my mom was is actually an emergency room nurse and she was wildly against home birth. And she convinced me that I could still have the birth that I wanted in the hospital. And it was really this big deal. So we decided to listen to her and we made the switch. And immediately when we made the switch to the hospital, I regretted it. The care was completely different. Like our first meeting with our OBGYN, he wouldn't even look at my husband or acknowledge that my husband was in the room. He wouldn't let my husband look at the ultrasound. Um, he tried telling me that delayed cord clamping, there was no benefit to it, even though like I knew that there were tons of benefits to it. Um, and it just was really such a stark difference. And so for the majority of my second trimester, I was so upset that this is where I was going to be giving birth. And it really weighed heavily on me. I spoke with a lot of um, my really great friends that had done home births and natural births. And, you know, they uh, empathized with me and said, you know, it's your birth. You shouldn't you know, do it to please others. And what really kind of changed my decision was talking with my doula. So I hired my doula around 30 weeks and I had the conversation with her about the type of birth that I wanted, that I wanted to be in the water. I wanted freedom of movement. I wanted to eat. I wanted to catch my own baby, all these beautiful things. And she was super honest with me that that was not going to happen in the hospital. That's just not 
where the hospital's area of expertise is and the cascade of interventions is a real thing. And it's very hard to have a physiological undisturbed birth in the hospital. And so she said, you know, we have a really great birth center nearby. Why don't you go and tour, see how you feel, and then, you know, make the switch if you're able. So I ended up making the switch to um, the local birth center in Orlando at 32 weeks, which was such a blessing. It was such a difference in care. It was very similar to the home birth midwives where everybody just genuinely cared about who I was as a person and the type of birth that I wanted to have so much so that I gave them my birth plan and they're like, oh, like these, we do all these things normally anyway. Like this is, this isn't even a big deal, you know? Um, and, you know, I got to do my own um, GBS swab and like things were just so much more autonomous. Like I just really felt so seen and heard there. And so I'm so grateful that my doula had that conversation with me and really gave me the confidence to make the switch because um, mm-hmm. I firmly believe that I wouldn't have had the same experience in the hospital. Yeah, I know. Um, And, you know, you do hear from people that do have this amazing hospital birth. I think you need to like have a really good relationship with your OB and know that the hospital is okay with natural birth. Like, you know, every hospital is different, but I feel like most they're, they're not used to that, you know, what you're after. So like, I didn't want, I didn't want the IV and I didn't want Mm -hmm. the continuous monitoring. And there were just so many things that are hospital policy that I didn't Mm -hmm. want. And so it's like, okay, well, if you don't want that, take yourself out of that system. Right. Right. Yeah. The care, I mean, at least from when I had an OB with my first baby versus all the different midwives I've seen is it's like night and day. And I think it's like, it's possibly just like they have too many patients or they just don't have time or they maybe they just don't see birth the same way that we do. But it's yeah, like taking the time and answering your questions like like midwives do it. You just develop like such a great relationship with them. And it's amazing. I love I love midwives. <laughs> I do too. I love midwifery care. I'm like, <laughs> So I went to 41 and one. So even that at the hospital, it would have been like, they were pushing an induction and my wives were just like, well, baby comes when, when baby wants to come, like, it's totally normal for a first time mom to go past due dates. So like I had my 41 week appointment and they weren't talking about like, oh, well, let's strip your membranes. Let's do castor oil. Let's do this. I need to check you all these things. They Mm -hmm. were just like, no, you're fine. You feel good. Baby, baby's moving. And I was like, yeah, baby's still moving and I'm feeling good. And they're like, okay, well, if we see you for that 42 week appointment, we'll talk about it. But um, they were just so confident in the process and that I would go. It just made me feel so much more confident in myself and so much more relaxed that I went post dates. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I don't think that would happen in the hospital would have been like, okay, well, we're going to schedule an induction in two days and so much stress around that. Exactly. So let's let's, you know, talk about as you approached your due date, like how you were feeling and obviously you went past your due date. So how were you feeling at that time? Yeah. So I was excited. Um, we actually set up a due date date thanks to my doula's idea. Um, so on my actual due date, we, um, went to the beach and we just made it like this super fun day of celebrating the fact that we made it to nine months and like we hit this milestone in our lives and kind of let go of the whole, Oh, I need to have my baby today. And, and like disappointment around the day and made it something that was super fun. Um, so we went to 
the beach and we just enjoyed. And that last week, um, so from 40 weeks up until my 41 and one, I did a lot of body work. So I saw my chiropractor multiple times. I did a massage, but mostly just to take care of myself, not really trying to start labor. So like I didn't do an induction massage. I didn't ask for the chiropractor to do induction points. Mm -hmm. It was really just to help me feel better. Um, and like, even in the last several weeks leading up to birth, I was seeing my chiropractor twice a week and I was getting a massage once a week and really just intentionally focusing on pouring into myself because I recognized that birth is a marathon and I need to be well taken care of leading up to that so that I can power through it and then also take care of myself in the postpartum because it all starts in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really just a lot of excitement and taking care of myself and recognizing that I could wake up at any point over the next couple of weeks and be in labor and just really looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Wow. You were definitely in a good headspace, a lot better than a lot of women at that time. Like, okay, let's get this moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just, I trusted in my body and I firmly believe that every baby has a due date that is destined and I didn't want to rush that, you know? Mm -hmm. No, no, that makes total sense. And pregnancy is I mean I love being pregnant so why not just you know keep that baby in a little longer <laughs> so let's talk about when you know labor started like how did you know it was happening that's a great question. So I, so the Friday before I went into labor, I knew it was coming. Um, I even texted my doula and I was like, she's going to be here by Tuesday. Like, I just have this gut feeling that she was coming. And my doula was like, okay, like keep me posted about <laughs> what's going on. Um, and so the next day, Saturday, that evening, I started to feel some tightening sensations mm -hmm. um, in like my lower abdomen. And I was like, okay, I think that these are it. And so I texted my doula just to let her know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling some stuff. And she was like, okay, great. Like take a bath enjoy. And so I drew myself a bath and I made myself homemade cookies. And, um, I just enjoyed just the moment of like, uh, this could be the last night that I'm pregnant. And so while I was in the bath, I talked to my baby a lot. And I said, you know, if this is the start of it, I welcome this. And I'm so excited to start this journey with you. And I enjoyed my cookies. And then I went to bed and I woke up at midnight on Sunday and or 12 a.m. And um, I lost my mucus plug. So I went pee and I wiped and it was just a ton of mucus. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is what we talked about in our birth prep class with my doula. So I sent her a picture and she was like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And that made me feel so confident. I was like, oh, my mucus plug is beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, contractions really started to pick up. So they were like every seven to 10 minutes. And I was able to sleep in between my husband and I basically just cuddled all night around 2am. They picked up to about like five minutes apart. So we called my doula and just kind of gave her a heads up. And um, I transitioned to the shower at that point. And I stayed in the shower for probably about a couple more hours. Um, and then because this the water felt so good. Mm -hmm. It was Contractions and just during the contractions. And then I went back to bed. Um, and around 7 30 a.m., I woke up and they were very strong. Um, 
And so I was like, okay, I'm going to call my doula and let her know what's going on. And she was like, well, I'm an hour away. So I'm just going to start like heading to you. Um, and I was like, okay, sounds great. And my husband and I continued just working through the contractions and she got there around 8 15. Um, and by that point, the contractions had actually lessened in intensity um, just because of like the sunlight and like the day starting, they just lessened a little bit. Um, and I noticed that I was starting to have a little bit of back labor. Um, and so my doula was like, well, it's possible that baby's posterior instead of like occiput anterior, which is like the most ideal. Mm -hmm. So she started to do a little bit of like um, reboso sifting um, and like shaking of the apple tree to try and, you know, help baby move a little bit. Um, I ate some breakfast and we just kept working on it through the day. We did some curb walking. Um, I was listening to meditations um, and we were, she was basically putting me into positions to try and help baby shift back mm -hmm. to occiput anterior and out of that posterior position to kind of give me the relief of back labor. Um, my baby was stubborn though, and stayed posterior <laughs> the whole <laughs> entire time. Um, and so we really labored like that for the majority of the day, working between like working positions and resting positions. Um, mid afternoon, I got into the tub at home and, um, did like an exaggerated sideline position and listened to a meditation and stayed that way for a while. Um, and then, you know, my contractions really weren't progressing. I never had bloody show. My water never broke. And so my doula sat me down and she's like, I don't know that we're having a baby today and I'm going to take your mom and I'm going to go get food and have a glass of wine and I'm going to come back and check on you. And so she took my mom to go get dinner and um, right after they left, I had a complete emotional breakdown. Um, I was so upset because I was like, if this is not labor, I don't know that I want to keep doing this. Like I'm so over this. I was so just disappointed in myself, so upset with my body. And so I locked myself in the bathroom. I told my husband to get the F out that I needed him. <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with him. Um, and then that's when I went through transition. So I, that's, um, I guess that emotional release kind of is what sparked me moving forward from that like six to seven meter mark to, to finally like going through transition. So that's when things got really intense. And so my husband decided that that was the perfect time to make mashed potatoes. And <laughs> so he was making mashed potatoes in the kitchen and I was in the bathroom going through transition by myself. I locked myself. Um, and so we had a bathroom and then like a little toilet closet is what I like to call it. So I locked myself in there and I sat on the toilet and I was yelling and um, I had lots of loose stool and vomiting and and it was a really big time of emotional release for me. Um, and also the contractions were like very back-to-back -back intense. Um, I still did not have bloody show. My water still did not break. Um, and so after that really intense um, bout of contractions, I they stopped. So I went and laid down in my bed and I didn't have contractions for what felt like a really long time, but my husband said that he didn't hear me for about like 30 minutes before I started vocalizing again. And by that point, my doula and my mom came back home and um, she came in and checked on me and um, she said that I was in labor land and so that she could see it by my eyes that we were having this baby. 
And so she looked at me and she said, you know, if we don't head to the birth center now, we're going to have this baby here. Um, but if we head to the birth center now, we can have it at the birth center. So do you want to go or do you want to have this baby here? And I said, well, I already paid the birth center. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go to the birth center. So um, we quickly packed things up at the house and then she walked me out to the car. Um, she put a blindfold on me and she talked me through the contractions in the car. So the birth center was about 45 minutes from our house, which was a really tough drive. Every single bump that my husband went over, I was like, why did you drive over it so quickly? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going over them smoothly. But I was feeling very pushy at that point because just baby's head was so low. And so I just felt like I was sitting on a bowling ball and it was just so uncomfortable every single bump that I went over. But my doula did a really wonderful job of just keeping me in the moment um, and like working through the contractions. And by that point, they were really close together. They were like two minutes apart max. Um, so I went through a lot of contractions in the car. Um, and then we got to the birth center. And funnily enough, I didn't want any clothes on me at that point. So I walked in just butt naked <laughs> into the birth center, like no shoes on, literally. Oh my just, gosh. Just my eye mask on. Um, and everyone was so sweet. And I had this like little granny midwife is what I like to call her, Miss Rhonda. Um, she was just an angel on that day. And she was so sweet. And she said, listen, mama, I'm going to do a quick check. Um, if you need me to stop, you just let me know. And so she quickly checked me and I was was nine centimeters and baby was at zero station. Um, and so it was basically almost go time. And so after I got to the center, I had another rest period in my contractions. And so my husband and I just cuddled on the bed and um, then they started to pick up again. And my doula recommended that I get onto the toilet, um, which is like the dilation station to try and help me, you know, get to that last 10 centimeter mark mm -hmm. and also help baby continue to shift down. Um, so I stayed on the toilet for several contractions. And then I was like, can I get into the water? And they said, yeah, absolutely. So I transitioned into the water um, and I labored there for a while. So from the time that I got to the birth center to the time baby came out was three hours, which is a, a it felt like a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially because you're like, oh, nine, I, I'll, be, I'll be having this baby any minute. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I definitely stalled a little bit. I, and I think it was the the drive for mm -hmm. sure, you know, it's like getting me out of my comfortable space. Um, but I moved around a lot in the tub and then it was finally time for me to push. Um, and so my husband got in the tub with me and he was um, holding me up behind me. And um, I really was just listening to my body in regards to pushing, like nobody coached me through pushing, which I was really grateful for. Um, and the midwife was very, very hands-off. Like she never checked me again. Um, they only periodically checked baby's heart rate. And she literally just sat in the room over, like with her little hands crossed and was just patiently waiting until mm -hmm. it was go time. And then once I started pushing, she held my perineum with a warm towel, which I was grateful for because it really helped me kind of like direct my pushing and like my mental energy to where I needed to push. Um, and then, you know, the fetal ejection reflex really took over at the end when I felt the ring of fire, I pulled back a little bit because that's an intense sensation. Um, and my doula told me, she said, don't 
don't lean away from that. Lean into that. That's your baby. That's your baby coming. And she's like, reach down and feel your baby crowning. Um, and so I leaned into it with my breath and just like welcomed the sensation. And I reached down and I could feel my baby's head crowning. Um, and then in another push, her head emerged. And then I had a break in the contractions. And then I had another contraction and then her whole body came out. Um, and she actually had a nuchal cord. So her cord was wrapped around her neck and my midwife just quickly um, released it and then brought her up onto my chest. So it was a beautiful experience and it was wild because I, my water never broke. And like, they were like, when did your water break? (laughs) (laughs) That's so strange. (laughs) But it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I'm so grateful for everybody that was in my birth space because they just, they trusted birth so much, which just helped me really drop into the zone and trust my body and what was going on and um, just made the whole experience so intimate and peaceful. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like it was, you know, what you needed at that time. Like, and was your mom there the whole time? Yeah. So I had my mom there the whole entire time, which, um, I'm glad that I had her there because I felt like I kind of broke that like generational curse of needing to give birth in the hospital. Right. My mom had two natural births in the hospital, but when she describes her birth, they're very like animalistic and like intense, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of able to see the difference in it and see that, you know, it can be peaceful and it can be beautiful and it doesn't have to be this sterile environment, but, and it can be intimate. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sure witnessing that would be incredible from, you know, especially from her standpoint of like working in the hospital. It's, it must've been a beautiful experience. Oh, for sure. She, she was crying in the corner and <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was awesome. But So what was your recovery like? Like how long did you stay at the birth center? Um, so after baby girl came out, she was on my chest and we decided to transition me to the bed for the birth of the placenta, um, which came out about like 20 minutes later. Um, and I only stayed at the birth center about four hours after I gave birth, which, um, I was grateful for because I wanted to get home and, and be in my own bed and just like have all of my things that I set up for the postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the time that four hours while I was at the birth center, you know, they checked me for any tears and I didn't tear. Um, and they cut the cord after about two hours and they weighed baby after about two hours and we worked on breastfeeding and, um, then, yeah, then we transitioned home and that car ride home, I'll never forget because my husband was like, this is going to be the slowest I've ever driven in my entire life. <laughs> I'm sure it was very different from the drive there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> drive there was nerve wracking. The drive home was, yeah, a little more nerve wracking, but a lot slower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, as nice as that is to be able to go home four hours later, which I mean, I'm always so anxious to get home after having babies but um I'm sure you were probably thinking like should I have just stayed home yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) like having you having to drive home with your sweet little baby in in the back seat and like I don't know and not in your like comfortable space anymore I mean yeah so did that kind of help um change your mind for your next birth like what you were going to do differently 
Yeah. I think really the drive to the birth center solidified Mm -hmm. to me that I'm like always going to be giving birth at home from now on. (laughs) Um, And then you have the drive home too, because the drive home was really surreal because it all happened relatively quickly, right? Like I went into labor at 12 a.m. and then baby girl came out at 9.57. And so it was like, wow, I'm driving home with my baby right now at 2 a.m. And I just started labor like oh, like a little over 24 hours right. ago. Yeah. So, so surreal. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So did everything else go smoothly? Breastfeeding, you know, you recovering, everything like that? So my recovery was great. Um, I had a plan of like doing my um, first 40 days really intentionally of um, staying in the bed and just bonding with baby. Um, life always has other plans for us. Oh, yeah. So I um, ended up having IGT, which is insufficient glandular tissue, um, which is basically like this rare disorder that causes for you to not create enough mammary glands. Um, so I was not able to breastfeed. So I tried breastfeeding for two weeks. I saw multiple lactation consultants. Um, we tried the SNS tubing. We tried the um, nipple shields. We, um, my daughter had a lip tie and a tongue tie, and we got those revised, hoping that you know that would help her with latching, which would help me with my supply. I did pumping, power pumping, took tons of different herbs, and um, just I just did not have enough mammary glands to produce. And it was so much so to the point that she lost over a pound, which is a lot for a baby. She was only six pounds, 12 ounces when she was born. And she ended up being five pounds, nine ounces after two weeks. Um, She had red brick staining in her diaper. Um, and just, she was so dehydrated and incredibly unhappy baby because she wasn't getting any food. And, um, so I made the decision to switch to, to formula. And, um, cause even when I was pumping, I was not even getting out 15 mls, um, which mm-hmm. is like nothing. And I, I still feel a lot of guilt around that, um, to be honest with you, because it was really hard for me in my postpartum because I was like, I fed my baby for the last 10 months, basically, because I was 41 weeks pregnant. So I'm like, I was pregnant 10 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I fed my baby for the last 10 months and now I can't feed my baby when she's earthside. Like I really, really beat myself up about it. Um, and i now I feel so guilty because being a doula and having so much training and breastfeeding, I look back at photos and I was like, that was such a hungry baby. Like, yeah. I feel so badly. I didn't know she was so hungry or so dehydrated. Right. Or all I mean, those- yeah, it was your first time. Like how, how would you know you would, you were clearly doing everything in your power to that. Why would you think that it wasn't, you know, she wasn't getting enough. Like there's, of course you can beat yourself up, but you know, you, you made the right decision obviously. And, um, when you realized that something had to change and that's, you, you know, your baby gained weight and she's healthy now. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, sometimes started just... on the formula, I was like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, she's supposed to be sleeping and happy. And yeah. Like- you You're know, like, this is like, so much better. Yeah, that's when I started getting pee diapers and poo diapers. And that's when things like really shifted. So mm-hmm. um, hindsight is, you know, always 2020. And right. moving into this next baby, I already am working with a lactation consultant. And I've already come to terms with that. If I'm not able to do it, I will not 
kill myself over it basically. Right. Exactly. I already know that I have this issue. And so I'm going to try, of course, but if it doesn't work out again, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And is it like something that is supposed to continue like on like, or is it, I've never, I've never heard of it. So it is something that you like I have for the rest of my life, but um, my lactation consultant is super sweet. And she said, God's greatest gift to us is that with every um, pregnancy, we get more and more mammary glands and tissue. So Mm -hmm. hopefully with this pregnancy, I'll create more mammary glands and, you know, maybe I won't be able to supply this baby with all of the milk that they need, but maybe some of the milk that they need and, you know, more like a combo feeding situation. Right. Uh, So that's what I'm hoping is that I can do a little bit of breastfeeding at least. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, God is an amazing healer. So maybe I will be able to breastfeed, but if not, I firmly believe that it's okay that, you know, for whatever reason, this is the way my body was created. And I, I am still a good mom, even if I cannot breastfeed. Yeah, of course, definitely. So do you have any advice for moms who are considering a med-free birth? Maybe they're just a little nervous. (laughs) Do you have any advice for them? I would say that um, trust in your body's ability to birth. Just as we can breathe, we can birth. If we just allow ourselves to sit back and our body to do the work, we will give birth. Like as long as we take our mind out of it, our mind is the limiting factor. And so don't listen to society. We were literally made to give birth. Like this is what our bodies were grown to do. And Mm -hmm. we were made to do this. We just have to sit back and let it be done. So don't listen to anybody else but yourselves. If you're wanting to have a home birth, if you're wanting to have a birth center birth, you can do it. It is safe. It's oftentimes safer than doing it at the hospital. So just listen to your intuition. Yes, I love that. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Great question. Um, So you can reach out to me on my Instagram, which is Ananda Birthwork. Um, So Ananda means bliss, which is why I chose that name. Um, And my goal is for everybody to have a blissful uh, pregnancy and birth experience. So you can reach out to me on Ananda Birthwork. It's Ananda underscore birthwork. Okay, awesome. And we, I'll I'll put a link to that in the show notes, make it easy for everybody to find you. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and all your knowledge about birth. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a joy. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you are enjoying the podcast. And if you are, please leave us a rating and review. We would really appreciate it. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Birth Naturally. And if you go on there, you can actually see some new merch we have. So we hope that you guys like those designs. And yeah, until next time. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet 
and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting, like the, the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste, so I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste, so that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women prenatal to your subscription today.